welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffon alongside Aldo Gandia. The Chicago Bears 2021 campaign is officially in the books. They are outscored 28-3 to in the second half against the Minnesota Vikings. They fall 31-17 to end the 2021-2022 season with a record of 6-11. and Andy Dalton threw the ball 48 times, something you always think is a recipe for success. Uh, although, <laughs> any any takeaways from this game that is even slightly diverges your opinion from what it was going into the game? No, not at all. In fact, uh, the game was a perfect symbol, emblem of the uh, Matt Nagy era in Chicago. The game started off okay, uh, 17 to nothing lead, and then it progressively got worse with the final possession for the Vikings yielding three points. And then they come out to start the second half and march downfield for 75 yards and uh, score a touchdown. And then from then on, it's as if the Chicago Bears started to pack. They really, really did not care. The errors on the part of the defense, which I was applauding in the second half, in the first half after in our halftime show, the, the 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 performance by that defense in the second half was embarrassing. The play calling throughout the game, but especially in the second half by Matt Nagy and or Bill Lazor, whoever the hell called those plays, was embarrassing. The final tally of everything involved with this game was embarrassing to the city of Chicago, was embarrassing to Chicago Bears, Chicago Bears fans, and hopefully is embarrassing enough for to for George McCaskey and Ted Phillips for them to make wholesale changes and for them to look in the mirror and start to question their decision making over the last 11 years since George McCaskey has has been chairman and even longer since Ted Phillips has been president of this team this was a, an embarrassment this game clearly showed that this franchise is in total total disarray yeah and and uh you you summed it up perfectly this was a good representation of the matt Nagy era started off pretty well people just like people thought 2018 obviously was a was a big improvement and then it just continuously got worse no adjustments made and here we are in the cesspool that is the chicago bears so uh there needs to be I think we know it's inevitable that Matt Nagy is going to be shown the door. Uh, but uh, then comes the Ryan Pace thing: is does he get to sh- does he get shown the door as well? And I think after watching this year, and I'm not going to make a judgment after one after this particular game. But when you look at this, he's been here for what seven years, uh, zero playoff victories, uh, and um, a multitude of missteps that have cost this franchise. If you want to just go ahead and say. Matt, uh, Brian Pace is drafted well in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's something there's something to be said for that. The problem is in seven years, he hasn't gotten the head coach right. And up until this year, may not have gotten the quarterback position right. And, there's, and the jury's still out on Justin Fields. We don't know. Uh, but uh, the most important things about being the GM, he has not done well, which is get stability at the head coach and quarterback position. So uh, I think that that's probably enough to say we need to make a change when it comes to the GM position if you're George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. But much like you said, there has to be a wholesale culture change with this franchise. This has been something that's been going wrong for 
Oh, uh, since 1985, really. <laughs> the, the, the fact that you have no stability, no sustained success. Uh, I think uh, up until last year, the Bears only made back-to-back playoff uh, appearances twice in three decades or something of that nature. So there, there's a real problem with this sustained success that they don't, they can't grasp it. They can't have any stability. They, they can't put it all together for a long period of time where it's, it's, it's a let's do whatever we can and maybe we'll get a flash in the pan season like 2018. Let's do everything we can and get a flash in the pan season where they make the playoffs and win the division. And then it's just, okay, let's rebuild for another four to five years. That, that, can't, that can't keep happening. So uh, at the end of today, you're going to see Matt Nagy's final post-game press conference. I'm interested to see what they ask Matt Nagy. Uh, not, not that I care too much about his answers at this point because he's not going to be around tomorrow. But uh, I, am, I am interested to see what kind of questions do get lobbed his way. Uh, more importantly, I'm interested in what questions get lobbed uh, even higher than Matt Nagy. Questions to get lobbed at Ryan Pace. Is he going to do a an end-of-the-year presser if he's retained? Uh, is What's George McCaskey going to say if he is uh, berated with questions? So there's just so much that needs to be done, and it starts literally right now. We thought Matt Nagy was going to be uh, out as Bears head coach before this, but now he will be. And uh, The official uh, announcement hasn't been made yet, obviously, but after today, the wheels get in motion for a complete overhaul at Hallis Hall. Let's uh, welcome in Danny Shimon, uh, co-host of uh, Bear Truth and uh, Draft on Tap. Danny, uh, your overall thoughts on this disaster of a finish to the Bears 2021-22 season. Man, where do I start, guys? Seriously, like, where do I start? First of all, the, the first thing I think of is, is relief. Thank God it's done. It's over. The Matt Nagy era is 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 over with. We don't have to see him trying to, you know, play call anymore. You know, but what a way to go out. It's an atypical way of, of a Matt Nagy game here. The play calling was just horrendous in terms of you're up 14 nothing. You know, you blew how many multiple chances in the red zone fourth and one three times and you throw on all three you know three attempts you get sacked i think all three times it's just just the way you know matt nagy should have gone out he he went out being himself be you matt nagy is what i tweeted and he that's how he's going on he's going out just being matt nagy and, and he was hell-bent i'm gonna show the nfl this is my resume tape i'm gonna show him that i can coach football i, I can drop these these fancy plays well guess what same thing happened that we've been seeing the last three and a half years. You couldn't put points on the board. Your your team got into the run zone and and they they crapped down their pants and they they couldn't they line up you know accordingly. Out of a timeout, you have either a penalty or or, or missed you know uh, uh, some confusion on offense. The same old things happening that we've seen the last three and a half years. So that's why my my big thing was relief. Let's get the official press press release that Matt, Matt Nagy has been relieved of his duties. And let's move on here now and, and see what goes on with the rest of the organization. Is Ryan Pace kept? Is he gone? Are, are there sweeping changes? Or is it going to just, just be a coaching change? But you know what? It, it sucks that, that we ended up being 6-11. and 11. We, we could have been 7-10. and 10. Not that it really makes a difference. However, um, it just it just a, leaves a bad taste in your mouth to see how this, this game just, you know, just went down. But, again, it was typical Matt Nagy coach football. Yeah, it uh... – it's infuriating for all of us Bears fans, and um, but it's not just about Matt Nagy. It really, really is also about Ryan Pace. You have to look at the fact that during his tenure with the Chicago Bears, he has 21 games, including the two playoff losses, 21 games under 500. 
seven years as the general manager of the Chicago Bears and you're 21 games under 500 and there are rumors that you're going to get promoted and that you're going to be responsible, you being Ryan Pace, be responsible for the hiring of the next general manager or at the least that you will remain as general manager and get an opportunity to pick your third head coach when you failed miserably with John Fox, even if he was assigned to you, as many reports have indicated, but you picked Matt Nagy, who has six games experience as an offensive coordinator, never had experience as a head coaching, uh, 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 as a head coach. And you had failed first round draft picks. You had you, you you traded away something that makes Danny Shimon uh, really mad. You traded away multiple draft picks. Um, the the record for Ryan Pace to remain anywhere in the Chicago Bears organization is just overwhelmingly bad. And I get it. Matt Nagy dwarfed his his uh, uh, dwarfs Ryan Pace's ineptitude with his own ineptitudes, but we should not forget that Ryan Pace is a big part of this problem, just like George McCaskey is, and just like uh, uh, Ted Phillips is, but those guys are harder to get rid of than the general manager. And I know that people are saying, well, then who's going to pick Ryan Pace's successor, although if, if he is relieved? I don't care. I don't care. You've got to eliminate the tumor and, and hope that it is not malignant. And so that, that is where we're at as an organization. We have to make some drastic moves starting at the top as, as high up as, as the top as possible. And to your point, although this uh, Ryan Pace's tenure here, and I've said this many times, seems to have been him chasing his tail or trying to put band-aids on things. So uh, whenever you, 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 the Kevin White drive, pick didn't work out you gotta go get Allen robinson which you know did work out as far as the band-aid goes but you have to pay him uh you 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 go get mr Trubisky. that doesn't work out so you gotta go get nick Foles and you gotta get andy dalton uh leonard floyd even though he's playing well you let him go so you can say it didn't work out because you didn't bring him back on the fifth year option so you gotta go get robert quinn which obviously is working but it costs a lot of money to do that uh you go out and you draft adam shaheen in the second round doesn't work. You got to go get Jimmy Graham. Then you got to draft Cole Komet in the se uh, second round again. So it's constantly trying to make up for your previous sins by going out and th either throwing money at it or investing more draft picks to make up for your bust draft picks. And so, and, and as much as I appreciate a guy being aggressive in the draft and understanding what he wants, you trade it up to get Anthony Miller. Uh, and you trade it up a couple. I mean, the David Montgomery pick works out. You trade up to get Travis Gibson. I know, I understand it does work out, but when it doesn't, you're 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 sacrificing more draft capital for a person that doesn't work out. So there is plenty of basis to fire Ryan Pace. I, I completely would be uh, understand that. I would be okay with it. Um, whether or not they're going to do that, I don't know because I know they love Ryan Pace, and you know they're probably going to end up punishing him by giving him more money and you know <laughs> promoting him, uh, giving him some some other kind of. He's in charge of the Arlington Heights project, so they go ahead, Ryan. You're now go ahead and take care of that. Uh, but. I just feel like there needs to be more football minds. And although you brought this point up weeks ago, that sometimes when you're a legacy, you're, you're not really, uh, you're not really born in, or you're not really ready for it. And the, the Chicago bears were 
I don't want to say gifted, but passed down to the McCaskey family and the people at hand. They they are there because the family owns it. It's a family mm-hmm. business. It was it was kind of just gifted to them, or it was coming down through a legacy. And whenever that happens, the football minds sometimes aren't there anymore. George Hollis, football mind. NFL doesn't exist without George Hollis. However, uh, now it's the Hollis McCaskey family. Uh, and so bringing in another football mind, I know that they have to get that higher right and they could t- screw that up and they could screw up the GM hiring and they could screw up all this other stuff. I get that. But at some point, you got to start bringing in real football minds to make real football decisions. And I don't think Ted Phillips is the right person as much as he doesn't meddle. And then there's a report saying he might step away from football. But OK, does OK, does he meddle or does it doesn't he? So there's always there's always a lot of confusion with that crap. Uh, so bringing in real football people at least gives you a better fighting chance than having an accountant do it as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if they're just going to say, oh, Matt Nagy's a problem. Let's switch it out. Because I said this last year, Every t- it seems like the Bears just, uh, whenever the motor blows up, they just keep changing the tires on the car. <laughs> and whenever whenever you understand what the real problem is, the, the, the real root of the problem is the culture and the people at the top. But let's just keep switching out the head coach. It's, 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 if you look at the culmination of the last 40 years, the, the fact that they haven't won anything throughout those years isn't just you know Matt Nagy's fault it isn't just Ryan Pace's fault it isn't just Phil Emery's fault it isn't just uh Mark Tressman or John Fox's fault it isn't just Jay Cutler's fault or Mitch Trubisky's fault it's a culmination of all of this ineptitude and what has been the one constant Ted Phillips and the McCaskey family so I don't know how I don't know what you I don't know how you change that In my opinion, one of the most difficult things for family-owned businesses and organizations is the whole thing about inheritance. Do you you pass on the management of the team to one of your children or some of your children and risk them messing up the entire franchise? We know that George Hallis didn't have total confidence in somebody from the family managing the team when he was ready to move on. That's why he brought in Jim Finks. Now, Muggs Hallis was going to be the successor, but he knew that Muggs needed more time to get ready to, to, to become the president of the team. And so he brought in Jim Finks, and Jim Finks very methodically started to build a world championship team. He started by drafting offensive linemen and defensive linemen and creating a monster of the Midway's defense. And that 85 Super Bowl team has Jim Finks's fingerprints all over it. And so now you fast forward to this point, And so we have to question whether Virginia McCaskey and George McCaskey don't have to be honest and say there really isn't anybody in the family who can handle this job, given that so many things in the National Football League have changed. It's gone from a million-dollar business to a multi-billion-dollar business. And with all of the technology changes where it's so quick for the consumers of football to yell and scream about ineptitude, this has gotten so bad that it's, it's, I can't believe that they can sleep at night knowing that the entire football world and many people outside of football are mocking this franchise, and that's a stain on them. And poor George Hallis, is, his, his legacy is being tarnished by what his 
family has done to this franchise. And I'm interested in learning from Danny about the Ryan Pace, because I know he has sort of been a little bit on the ledge there of whether Pace should come, should stay or go. Danny, your thoughts. Yeah, guys, I, I might get I might get the hate emails, the hate tweets tonight, but uh, I'm not in the camp that Ryan Pace needs to go. I'm sorry. I, I know he's made mistakes, and you guys eloquently both laid out all the decisions you know, from the from the bad coaches he's hired to some of the, the first round busts he's had in, in terms of you know draft picks and all that stuff. But you know, guys, you know, if, if I think we can all agree that the Bears probably lost three games this year that they could they could have won. They should have won today. They should have beat Pittsburgh, and they should beat the 49ers Those and, and the Ravens. That's four games right there. This team could be easily 10-7 and seven and go into the playoffs. To me, th this team has talent, and that talent was acquired by Ryan Pace. Yes, Kevin White was a bust. Yes, the Jabisky pick was a bust. But then Darnell Mooney was a hit. David Montgomery was a hit. Uh, we, we have a, a young tandem on the right side of the offensive line, and, and, and Larry Borman, possibly Tevin Jenkins, that could possibly be the future of the offensive line. You know, James Daniels, I'm a big fan of still. I think he's a, he's a future center. Uh, you go on the defense side, Travis Gibson, you know, Roquan Smith, you know, some of the other players that he's brought in, he's he's had good success, somewhat moderate good success in the draft as well, especially in the later rounds. So I think this is a guy that, that but all these GMs have bad picks. Kevin Colbert, Pittsburgh Steelers. He's the one who drafted uh, Artie Burns first, first in the first round, guys. And, you know, we're talking about Artie Burns sucks. Remember, Cobra drafted him in the first round. He's he drafted James Washington in the second round. He's been a bust. You know, Bill Belichick's draft record has been horrendous. But the thing is, you have to be able to take your misses and kind of uh, offset them with some nice, you know, sweet, you know, under the radar kind of free agent signings. And I think Angelo Blackson's been a nice free agent pickup. Uh, Mario Edwards has been a nice free agent pickup, unless he's doing, you know, dumb things off the field and also getting stupid penalties on the field. Um, now, so I think he's made. Some some positive moves here to go ahead and 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 maintain his job status. Now I'm not saying promote him. I'm not saying he's a, he's a guy that that shouldn't be you know put under the microscope. Now my only thing is is I would get into the camp of fire Ryan Pace if the coach you want, say Jim Harbaugh. If Jim Harbaugh says I want to come in there, I'll take the job, but I want I want my own GM. Then I fire Ryan Pace and I I allow Jim Harbaugh to pick his own talent evaluator or you know slash GM. So that's the only way I would say Ryan Pace has to go. But for me, a lot of this has to go on the coaching staff in terms of I, I think there's this, this team is talented. It has talent on the football field. I think it was mismanaged in terms of the way it was coached and, and, the, and the position these players were put in in order to not have their best talents or they were put in the best position for their talents to go ahead and, and shine every given week, every, every, every given Sunday is how I feel, how I see it. So I think, you know, Ryan Pace gives the guy the talent. You know, yes, he's made mistakes. I, I, I acknowledge that. But I think if, if it was better coaching, if this team was better coached, you'd see a better result on the football field. And I think this team, is a, this team's a playoff team. That's my opinion. I, again, I know I'm in a minority here. I, I know I'll, I'll take some some hits, but that's the way I feel. Uh, and I and I, even though Aldo was muted, I know exactly what he said. He said, he's like, "Oh, you will be." And so, uh, but uh, Danny, isn't it? Isn't it a bit? And I understand. I get what you're saying, but is it is it at all concerning that in seven years, though, he hasn't been able to put together the most important part, which is the coaching staff yes. and, and and the quarterback? Because that's like saying, I'm going to build you a great house, but I just don't know how to put a roof on it. That's uh, the thing. So, uh, and then that's that's 100% accurate, John. And that's something that, you know, John Fox, we all know, was pushed on him. All right. Maybe he should have stood, stood his ground and said, you know what? Because the, the rumors are he wanted Dan Quinn initially. Ryan Pace wanted to go interview Dan Quinn for the you know, uh, football job. But, you know, Ernie Corsi and, and the powers that be said, no, let's, let's go with John Fox. Okay, fine. 
you know, uh, Matt Nagy was a guy he interviewed and, and he brought in. So that's, that's on him. That's all Ryan Pace. The Trubisky move was all on Ryan Pace. You guys know I'm on the record saying I, I think he got the, the quarterback right with Justin Fields. You just got to give him, give him another year here and, and see this kid develop and blossom. So I think he got the quarterback position right. And I think in the future, it'll, it'll come to bear that he did get the quarterback position correct here. So I think once he gets a right head coach, and that's the thing, it's like if you, you go out there, you nail this coaching staff. I think you can easily turn this team around. You know, I, like I said, they have talent on, on both sides of the football. You add to it with some uh, some additional draft picks. You add to it with some additional federal and free agents. And I think you can easily go from a 6-11 to 10-7 and seven next year, and you can see yourself in the playoffs with the right coaching hire. A lot of people in the chat room are saying that Pace, and they're correctly saying that Pace has mismanaged the cap. Moran Pace came from the New Orleans Saints uh, organization where Mickey Loomis every year was having troubles managing the cap because they kept deferring money to the following year, the following year, the following year. And everybody knew that eventually that credit card payment would come due. And that's what Ryan Pace has been doing with the Chicago Bears, deferring money for the future and future. And that really hurts the team. They had, And when you add to that problem, that uh imperfection in Ryan Pace's uh, uh, performance, when you add to that the fact that they have brought in players like Jimmy Graham and then extended his stay, extended his contract, making it difficult to get rid of him on, in this year, but they still should have because they would have had several million dollars available for offensive linemen or for other need position players. It just exacerbates the 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 perform the uh, opinions by people like me and others in the chat room about Ryan Pace's performance. It just means that this guy, hey, you can hit on some draft picks. There's no doubt, you know. And maybe if you were to total them up, you would say maybe he's hit above the average of the NFL. But that doesn't mean that you should be extended uh, to, to do this more and more because the record speaks for itself. You, you missed on the quarterback. And right now, and you, and you may have missed on the quarterback because Matt Nagy wasn't the right guy to groom him. And I know that uh, Danny has said it, it wouldn't have mattered. Mitchell Trubisky is is not you know is not a guy that you can groom into being a starting quarterback. So, but you so you missed on that. You missed on the coach to groom these young quarterbacks. How much? How many more chances are you going to get to screw this up? I don't understand. The, the one thing on the cap thing, and although I, I, I like to see what you guys are and people in the chat and John as well, you know, the Bears are going to have almost fifty million in cap space this offseason, right? So, it's, so in terms of mismanaging the cap, and then there's some veterans. I know if they can go ahead and they can cut them, gain some more cap. There's some, there'll be some dead money in the cap. I know, but they have going into this offseason roughly around fifty million. And that's plenty of money to go ahead and. and, and Bring in some nice veterans here to to kind of fulfill or you know kind of round out your roster here. However, you know teams like the Packers, they're forty million over the cap, guys. You know they're going to lose guys like Devontae Adams. You know unless Aaron Rodgers has a about face and restructures his contract, they're forty million over the cap. So the teams do this in the NFL. They borrow you know from the future to 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 put a competitive team out on the field today. Remember the the Bears were were going in with 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 Nick Foles that was at nine ten million a year. And this year they had any Dalton at 10 million a year. And those guys are going to come off the cap slowly but surely. I think Foles is going to drop down in terms of his guaranteed money. So, and now you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. So I think that gives you more wiggle room on, on the salary cap. But that's the price of the NFL now. In order to be competitive, you're going to have to borrow from the future to win now. And I think that's what Ryan Pace did. And again, 
50 million in, in salary cap this cough season, maybe even more if they make the right, you know, cuts and trades and whatnot. Well, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a capologist, but from what I've, I've been reading online, they're going to come up with at least 50 million, if not more. So I think where is the mismanagement here in terms of who they lose because of salary cap mismanagement, I guess is my, my question to you guys. But let me let me comment on, on the point that you made earlier is, yes, every NFL general manager does that practice where they defer certain salaries to create more cap space, but they do it and get results. I'm not saying all the, the ones that survive and continue their, uh, to keep their jobs are the ones that are successful at it. Mickey Loomis has had playoff team after playoff team because he inherited or drafted or traded for. I don't think he traded for. I think he inherited Drew Brees. So he, he, he was able to keep his job with that practice. But their Super Bowl chances were severely diminished because of that practice, because they were making up for mistakes and having to acquire players through free agency because they traded away draft picks, because they failed on draft picks. So that's a key reason why this is a failure for Ryan Pace. The GMs, again, the GMs that do it right keep their jobs. The GMs that do it wrong head for the door. Yeah, but Mickey Loomis had 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 uh, Drew Brees making that big, you know, big mega contract, so he had to work around it. Seattle, John Schneider, he's one of the bright gems in, in the league, right? He too, once they gave Russell Wilson that 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 guaranteed money, he too had to kind of, you know, pay Peter Rob Paul, whatever that the saying goes. But his defense, you know, they're no longer it's a shell of what it used to be. You know, after they they paid Russell Russell Wilson. So when you have these big time quarterbacks and you hand out these big time contracts. Your depth and 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 some of the players on one side or the other it's, it tends to kind of diminish. But I, I still don't think Mickey Loomis is a bad GM. I don't think John Schneider is a bad GM. I don't think Brian Gutenkris is, is a bad GM. He's going to be forty million over the cap. This is how you do it when you have big time quarterbacks getting those big time money. So uh, Roquan Smith is at the podium. That's all it is. Everybody has a job every single play. How, how is he dealing with the uncertainty of not knowing who the coach is going to be is the question. Um, do you know what's going to happen tomorrow, Tuesday? I don't think anyone can answer, you know, what if, uh, all the uncertainty. That's life. So that's life. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Hey, we can all be here today, going tomorrow. So we don't know. I don't live I don't live in that world. I live in present, and that's how I always be, and just look forward and move forward. Hey, uh, the season ended. I'm healthy, man, and I'm just focused on, you know, enjoying the last little moments with my guys in the um, locker room and uh, on the bus and stuff like that. So that's my focus. The other stuff will take care of itself. I'm not worried about that because we all know. Oh, definitely. That's something uh, I won't uh, be here, you know, be a bear. You know, it's been great being uh, drafted into a, such a rich uh, organization, rich, uh, tra rich in tradition. So it means a lot uh, to definitely be here. But hey, when the time comes, it comes. But until then, I just bust my tail and just keep proving who the best in the game. All right. That was Roquan Smith. We'll get more interviews as they become available from Hallis Hall. Or not Hallis Hall, from Minnesota's uh, <laughs> that stadium. Uh, US, U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank Stadium. Thank you. So going back to this Ryan Pace talk and the, you know, stacking up the tenures, that's I, I get the arguments and I and I understand what both of you are saying. Uh, 
going forward, though, one of my biggest concerns is if you decide to retain Ryan Pace and then you go out and you get a new head coach and then in two or, or in one year or two years, uh, this so team still so, is not constructed. Um, no, no injuries. Uh, Blake, or like got, and that's, that's a good, a good game. Already. game. Uh, uh, big, big picture just from, from, from the game. Uh, we, we weren't able to, to get going in that big red zone from that plus, you know, 35 to the plus, plus 25. You felt it. I felt like we controlled the game for the – the first half and you know we got down there to that that fourth and goal um when we got the the touchdown call back by andy and didn't get that weren't able to get that play we took some sacks on on fourth down um throughout so you know i just when you have you have 80 plays like we were we were moving the football doing different things similar to the first time that we played these guys we just weren't as productive they have a good third down uh defense um i think when you look at the numbers uh you know 20 something attempts on third and fourth down one for six on on fourth down you felt that um and that's a credit to them you know they did a great job there so it you know we we just didn't come out in the second half and and finish them um and you got to give credit to them the game got kind of got away a little bit there towards the end unfortunately with the pick six uh so we were you know that's that's where we're at right now and was able to talk to the guys and um and just explain to them hey listen you know this has been a long season uh but at the same point in time, the thing that we all need to use um, these life experiences to, to make ourselves better and how that is, you know, and, and how you handle yourself. You look back and you say, um, you know, did I stay the same? How do I, you know, what did I change? And then how do I make myself better uh, moving forward? It's important. These guys care in there. They care in that locker room. We care as coaches. And so, um, as I say, every year to the team, uh, the, the last three years and now this year, you know, every NFL team is different heading into the, uh, the the next year and whether it's players, whether it's coaches. And so individually reflect, see where we can get better. This isn't where we wanted to be or how we wanted to do it, um, but, you know, use it to get better. So that's kind of that was kind of our message. Yeah, sure. Um, well, there's there's a lot of realism to everything, you know, when um, when you're in this position, and you're a leader of a team and uh, you go through and you, you try to, you know, create and build a culture like we have here. You want to be able to um, to get better. You want to be able to go through the highs and lows throughout the year. And we know how the season went this year. Uh, we know how, you're, how it went towards the end of the year. And then, of course, today's game. But um, right now, it's not really, it, you know, I'll have time here uh, when the season ends to be able to uh, reflect, as always. And these guys, I, I think the big picture is understanding that it's, it, it hasn't, been what we wanted but um again trying to always keep this mentality of how do you use this to make yourself better and, and even myself as a head coach you know how how do i make myself better and um and then the players do that and we we, we uh we know that we got to use that to get better down the road yeah sure no i think uh probably for me, as a as a head coach, when you go through this season, um, you understand that the other 31 coaches are going through the the COVID protocol stuff that we have. You understand you have different positions uh, that that when you're competing and you're getting young guys to come in and compete, um, you have a coaching staff that you're dealing with. And uh, for me, probably the biggest thing is just making sure that I think that um, it's not what we wanted, and how did we react to that as the weeks went by? When you go through a losing streak like we did, that can be difficult. That That's challenging. And did you change? And, and how did you use it to get better? And did you fight through it? And we did that. But at the same point in time, you, you always look back and, 
and you say, okay, what was your record? You know, and, and did you win enough? And did you get into playoffs to have an opportunity? Because once you get into playoffs, it's, it's zero and zero. And, and we didn't do that. So um, I think right now at this moment, I don't have a great answer other than, you know, being able to reflect at the end of the year when I think about it a little longer. I, I uh, again, my four years um, that I'm here, I'm just, I, you, I look at a few things. Um, you look at developing players uh, specifically at their positions, guys that you, that you're part of in the draft process uh, w with Ryan and, and, you know, all of our personnel and our coaching and, and all the time that goes into that. And, um, and then you look into each specific season and, you know, we had a we had a, a really good first year together at, at 12 and four. And now we continue to grow here um, as you build through the draft. You have young guys that are getting better and better uh, each year and they're improving. Uh, we have some older guys, too, on this roster that um, were have been a part of this and, and just kind of seeing how that rolls. But I'm just proud of these players. I really am. I'm proud of the coaches. Uh, I think that um, I know how much they care and I know how much they want to be better. And to me, that matters. Um, now, again, we, we understand our record. We know that that's real. That's a part of it. But uh, where, do the guys care and do they fight? And they do do that. Well, there's there's a there's that's a there's a lot that goes into that question. There, there's a there's so much um, when you look at um, different teams and and where they're at and whether it's you know different positions, um, how they work together in all three phases, you know whatever that is and how how it's a team game. So uh, we know we want to be better offensively. We know you know it, it hasn't been what we wanted it to to be, but um, you know that's that's what you need to do as a coach is find, try to find answers and you get together with personnel and you figure out where you're weak at position wise. And then schematically, that's probably what part of that part of your question too, is okay. I would say state in the obvious that we need to be better in the red zone, right? I don't think we were good enough this year in the red zone. So um, being better there and whether that's players, whether it's scheme, whatever it is, you got to score more points when you get down in the red zone. Yeah, again, um, I've never been in this position before. And, and for me, it's it's uh, I continue to to, um, you know, just go about business like normal. And I mean, I mean that, you know, I've had conversations as as uh, nothing has changed, as I've told you guys a few days ago. And uh, I, I know this, whatever is supposed to happen will happen. And, and I'm, I'm a positive person. And again, uh, I just I think that it's about these players right now. And these players have fought their asses off to play hard. They sacrifice their body every day and, and everything else will take care of itself how it's supposed to. No, you know, it's, it's probably probably for people that are outside the building. Um, you, you guys, everybody has uh, a job that they need to do um, to create stories and to um, have have things to write about, both in a good way and, and sometimes negatively. You know that, and that's that's a part of, of where we're at right now. But um, that's not leaving, and that's not changing. It's about how you handle it. You know, and so there's true reports, there's false reports, and again, 
you need to be able to create a wall. And I think that's part of the strength of the, the character of your building, you know. Um, we went through that on Thanksgiving. We went through it on Thanksgiving. And uh, that's, that's an experience for me that I'll always be able to use and, and understand that when you see guys that pull together and, and play together, when you go through something like that, it actually brings you closer. And um, that's really what happened with these guys. So th they're all distractions. And we always talk about eliminate distractions. And I think those, the players have done a great job with that. It's not easy, but they've done a great job with it. Yeah, no, you, you look at the you look at the big picture of where we're at and, and you know, there's there's different seasons, there's different records and you build these relationships. And um, after every year, you can reflect and, and look into the reasons as to um, why you got to where you got to and how you get better. And, and then you do that as a from a head coach's perspective, you do it from a, a teaching perspective, you do it from schematics perspective. And um, but again, uh, you know, when I'm the position that I'm in right now, I just feel like uh, it's my job as a leader to make sure that I continue to stay positive with these guys. And um, whatever, whatever has happened in my four years here, uh, good and bad, there's a reason for all of it. And, and even selfishly and individually for me, there's a reason why this is happening right now. And when this stuff happens, it, it again, like I told the guys in there, let this, let this stuff right here refine you, not define you. That's important, right? Um, and so I'm sure you guys have bad days every now and then too, right? You have a bad day. How do you react to it? Do you stay negative and stay in a bad mood for two weeks or do you, do you get out of it? And, and so um, in this profession as a leader, you got to make sure you stay positive. You got to make sure you lead. And then you got to use it to make yourself better. And regardless of what, what happens, whether it's with another player or myself, I promise you I'm going to do that. And, and I will let this um, refine me and not define me. Well, I just it's, it's not that it's, it's it's the fact that, again, when you when you're the day that I signed up to be the head coach here in Chicago, right on a year to year basis, you're always you're always understanding that what comes with your position. Right. That's real. That's life. And so this the situation that we're in this year um, is is one where uh, we know our record's not good enough. We all want to be better. We know that. So this is all stuff that comes attached to it. So you got to deal with it. You can't run from it. You got to be real. You got to talk about it. You got to understand it. And then you got to be able to have a plan, um, understanding individually, but also as a leader and a, and a team leader with these guys, because these guys deserve that. You know, they're, they're, we got great players, man. We got great people. We got great coaches. And, and I just respect all them too much. And, and so sometimes I'm very honest and I just, uh, I talk about that stuff, you know, and I, I always try to hit every avenue. Sure. Yep. I, I don't I don't see it that way as as what's gone wrong. I, I actually look at it the other way. I think when you look at what's gone right with the players that we have in this building right now and since we've been together, 
I think we all understand that this this isn't something that just happens in one or two years. You know, when you draft a player, it takes a little bit of time to get that player going. And then when you draft a lot of players together, it takes several years. And now all of a sudden you get to the point to where they're rocking and rolling because they're now three or four years into it. And that's where we're at right now. That's what's exciting is knowing that there's a nice group of young leaders on this team right now that are good football players. And, and so that's probably what you say about the collaboration and communication that we have is that has not changed with Ryan and myself from the very first day. And it hasn't changed us as people. When sometimes adversity can strike, you, people start acting different. Ryan's not different. I'm not different. Too much respect. You know, you just you, you, you do things the right way. And I'm I'm proud of the way that we've handled all of this together and, and, and the players that we've talked about, selected our personnel department, our coaching staff, all of it. There's a there's a good thing going here right now. And there's a there's a really good uh, franchise quarterback that's here that's going to be good for a long time, and uh, both Ryan and I were were um, a part of that. All right, I think we've had enough of. Matt. Yeah, please, thank you. Although I was like, please make the pain stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a. I wrote a couple of things. Um, at the very beginning of this press conference, he says, we took sacks. Yeah, because of your play calling. <laughs> Danny, Danny immediately is nodding his head. He knew yes, forced him on the goal line, hand the damn ball off. <laughs> so it's like, how can you not have any self-awareness that you were the reason as the play caller, as the ultimate play caller, that you took sacks? Uh, then he says, he has no answers that make sense. He has no answers that make sense. I mean, that that is, again, about self-awareness. He has no clue, no clue whatsoever that he's the biggest problem. I mean, even beyond Ryan Pace, who, who I dislike, he is the biggest problem for these failures, for these catastrophic failures Thank that you. we've seen over and over again. Guys, I don't want to. I don't want to pontificate. So please take over. Just, just real quick. I just like this is exactly what I was talking about. You know, there is some talent here that the Bears could have won three or four more games this year, and they could have been in the playoffs. And it's all for me on this coaching staff. Now, I think this coaching staff, if this talent was just. They had no talent whatsoever this on his roster. Then I'd be like, yeah, Ryan Pace has got to go. But he's giving him some talent, right? And a lot of times these GMs, they kind of you know, placate to the coach. You know, the coach wanted Nick Foles, so Ryan Pace went and got him. The coach wanted Andy Dalton, so Ryan Pace went and got him. Look at Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard gave up a first-round pick for Carson Wentz because Frank Reich said, I can coach him to and, and, and take us to a Super Bowl. Guess what? The Colts are out of the playoffs, and they still owe the Eagles a first-round pick. And everyone loves Chris Ballard. So don't tell me these, these guys don't you – know, kind of, you know, uh, placate to the coaches staff as well. So this is what I just don't give Ryan Pace the 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 uh, the, the fire Ryan Pace. Card. I don't get it right now. I, I just think this guy has done, I'd say about a C plus, maybe a minus job overall in terms of accumulating talent on, on this roster. You know, I just don't think he's a guy that's got to go, you know, immediately. Again, if your top target is Jim Harbaugh and Harbaugh says, you know what, I want my own GM guy, then okay, then, then I want Harbaugh and I want this guy gone, then I'm bringing his own GM. That's why I, I kind of just say, this this team has some talent. It's the coaching staff couldn't get it all out of there. John, let me let me butt in just for a second. When you have collaboration and you're bragging about the collaboration, then you cannot. And I'm not saying you, Danny. When they say uh, they have collaboration and they are bragging about collaboration, then we cannot say 
that it isn't Ryan Pace, that Ryan Pace went out and got Matt Nagy's guys because they're supposed to be collaborating. So if Matt Nagy says, I want Andy Dalton and Ryan Pace shouldn't just say, okay, I'll go get him for you. That, that, that's not collaboration. Then you're being a lap dog for your head coach. And so that's the problem that I have with that line of thinking, Danny. Well, the thing is, if the coach says, I, I can win this year with any Dalton, and you say, all right, but I'm going to go get myself a quarterback. And then and then they, they position themselves to go get Justin Fields. So now Ryan Pace has secured that long-term potential answer at quarterback. But now Andy Dalton has is there because Ryan, uh, Matt Nagy says, I can get this guy to at least get us six, seven, eight, nine, ten victories and get us in the playoffs. This is where I think, again, the collaboration. And that's where maybe Matt, where Ryan Pace has a fault there is that he gives way too much leeway to his coaching staff maybe listens to them way too much. That could be an issue there with for Ryan Pace. A few takeaways from what I heard from Matt Nagy here. One, it sounded a lot like an exit interview. He was reflecting a lot on his time in Chicago, talking about his first year, talking about his last year. Also, um, the I thought it was kind of weird that he said they have a, we have a franchise quarterback here, and Ryan and I were a part of that. Yeah. that I thought Took that was for that one, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, that was a strange, like, hey, we got Justin Fields here. So any success that Justin Fields here ha has in the future, make sure you thank me and Ryan Pace is kind of what it sounded like, uh, which I thought was a bit strange. Um, also, it sounded like he was interviewing for his next job, talking about how it's all about the players and always taking the high road on things and understanding the realism that goes on with being in the NFL. So it sounded like he was putting out the horn that um, – he, he's available and he's he'll be a team player wherever he goes uh one thing i wanted to i wanted to finish my thought on uh what i was talking about before uh matt nagy took the took the stand there uh was uh my my concern is if you do retain ryan pace and this team in one year two years three years is not constructed in a way that can make a deep run in the playoffs or at least compete for a division uh but the new head coach is be is facilitating Justin Fields in a way where he is uh, developing leaps and bounds, is becoming a very good quarterback in this league. Then do you have to fire Ryan Pace, but then keep the head coach and say whatever GM candidates are coming in, hey, you got to keep that head coach. Kind of like what we're seeing. Kind of like kind of like what we're seeing in. Uh, New York right now, where they're going to maybe keep Joe Judge, but fire Dave Gettleman, and the new GM is going to be hamstrung by saying, "This is your head coach, this is your quarterback. Good luck." So my 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 problem, my concern is if this team is not competing in a year or two years, and they move off of Ryan Pace, is it going to be as attractive as a job to say, "And hey, you're keeping that head coach, and you got Justin Fields," or? Are they just going to fire the head coach that they just brought in at the end of, of Ryan Pace's uh, tenure? So I, I, I don't to be able to, to kind of stagger it like that concerns me because if if this team doesn't compete in a couple years, then are you just going to re are you just going to fire another head coach in two years? Or are you just going to swap out a new GM? And, and that's where some of my concerns lie. I think that's a great point. And Danny, really quickly, that's a great point. And it's what I've been kind of going, uh, trying to touch on is they need synchronicity. You got to bring in a GM and a coach and that quarterback at the same time. You can't do that this year. You're not going to give up on Justin Fields. But now you need to get leadership in there that is in sync. GM and coach at the same time and 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 then give them five years to get this thing right with Justin Fields. And if you can't do that, then you start over with a new GM and coach. Danny. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, John, you're right. And in, in, in a perfect world, 
it being sync, right? The GM would hire the coach, the, then they go in tandem, go get their quarterback. But the Bears always seem like they're always they're firing the GM, keeping the coach, firing the coach, keeping the GM. I just think now with, with Justin Fields here, you bring in a coaching staff, and this is Ryan Pace's absolute last draw. And I know he, a lot of you guys think he shouldn't get the last, he shouldn't get a last draw. That's fine. But I'm saying you bring in his coach. Now you have Justin Fields and this coach, Ryan Pace. If two, three years, this, this thing is not getting better and, and Justin Fields continues to kind of, you know, go down, not develop, then it's a whole clean slate. Again, again, unfortunately, the unfortunate part of that is we have to wait two, three years and see if that experiment goes through. That's what, that's the tough part is being fans, but that's, that's gotta be it. Now he comes in, he brings in, if Ryan Pace stays, he brings in another coach. Now they work on, on developing Justin Fields. And as long as Justin Fields is getting better and, and, and you know, uh, improving and, and developing into that starting quarterback, that potential, you know, that, that we all saw when, when he came out of college, you're going to, Ryan Pace is going to stay here. That coach is going to stay here. And I think they're going to continue to develop around that, that, that quarterback and continue you know, to hopefully be successful on the football field and stack up those wins. One thing that uh, about Nagy, what he said in the press conference, he he talked about one of the things that he's proud of is the development of players. And tons of people in the chat room were saying development of what players. <laughs> and so the, the thing is, is that on Friday's press conference, he was asked, what is wrong with the offense? And one of the excuses that he offered was it's difficult to develop certain players. It takes time. So he was Using that as a crutch excuse for why the offense isn't scoring points, basically he was talking about Mitchell Trubisky and Justin Fields, I assume, right? And now he's he's using it as, you know, this is what I did good. Danny, you had a thought. No, I'm saying like what players they develop. You know, I, I've been harsh on, on Mike Fury, the, the receiver coach. I, I don't see any young receivers developing on this team, um, you know, in terms of offensive linemen. You know, we've had a change in offensive line. Coaches, you know, I, again, I, I see some positivity there with with a Larry Borum, but yeah, nothing really to to write home about. You have to go and get a thirty nine year old, you know, left tackle off off a fishing boat to come in and and, and and get a you know yeoman's work this year. Uh, hats off to to Jason Peters; he did a solid job at left tackle. But I'm saying, like, what players are developing here defensively? Eddie Jackson, that touchdown today, he that turns around, bear looks for the football, gives up an easy touchdown to, to Justin Jefferson. What are you doing? You were all pro safety, and now you can't even make a play on football anymore. So, you know, I, I think players are kind of regressing a little bit. Uh, but you know, we'll see what, what what the next coaching staff does here. There is one of the things about uh, uh, Sean Decide. I was very, very complimentary of him, and have been for several weeks. I really do believe he's going to be an outstanding head coach in the future. But one of the things that is a problem is because he's upstairs in that bird's eye view calling plays, he's not down there on the sideline, or maybe doesn't have a guy down there on the sideline firing up his players and making sure that they're playing four quarters. Mike Pettin would have been a perfect guy down there on the sidelines telling Eddie Jackson, stay in the game, stay in the game, and you and saying it with force and authority because it does seem, I mean, not just that play, Danny. What about the other touchdown that they gave up where there's four defensive backs in the end zone and everybody's looking around except at where the receiver, that, that receiver is wide open to, to, to score a touchdown. That, that was one of the most embarrassing plays in Chicago Bears history in my mind. They're, they're, those were two of them right there. Two receivers were wide open on that Osborne touchdown. Uh, yeah. Jefferson was standing there waving, basically right. wide open. Osborne was wide open, and then there was four defensive backs I assume having a book club meeting in the middle of the end zone because they weren't doing anything else. Like there was, there was literally, they were just standing there while the two guys flared out and, and uh, both of them were open. Um, not to, not to take this off on a completely different uh, tangent here, but when, when do you think 
Matt Nagy actually gets the news that he's fired because uh, the Broncos wasted very little time. They fired Vic Fangio today, the day after. Um, although we kind of talked about this earlier, I thought that if this game was in Chicago and he was already home, he might have already gotten the message, hey, you're we're going to announce this tonight and then, and then we're, we'll be done with it. But they're in Minnesota right now. So are they are they going to wait until he gets back to Hallis Hall, uh, bring him in, say, hey, thanks, here's your watch and your honey-glazed ham, thanks for your service, and then send him on his way? Uh, do we think tomorrow morning, like around maybe 8 Central, 9, 9 Eastern, is is when, when this all goes down? Well, there's a, there's a team meeting scheduled for tomorrow at 9 a.m. Uh, the entire team has been called into Hallis Hall. So I, I'm assuming before then news will break, if not later on tonight. Uh, we, we, no, he'll, he'll know, uh, he'll, he'll be given the official word. I think he knows. Uh, I think, you know, I don't know if he, he's been, he's spoken to with Georgia or, or Ted or whoever does, whoever's into the firing Ryan Pace, I'm not even sure, but I think he knows he's gone. I just think the official word will, will leak either tonight or early tomorrow morning, but yeah, there's a 9am uh, team meeting schedule for tomorrow. But the, the weird thing is in the press conference, he said that he hasn't been told anything. So he's assuming everything is the same. He goes, I told you guys, I have not been told anything. And, and I'm assuming that everything's the same. But in his gut, he knows he's gone. Because he's lying. Uh, he's lying. You think he's lying? Yeah, I'm just like he told you, like, or told you, but he told the, the press on Friday, it's uh, not, not enough time to develop players. And today he's talking about he was proud about, you know, the, the player development that they've had over the four years. So, you know, he's this is a guy who speaks out of both sides of his mouth sometimes. And it's just like when he gets caught in it, it just he doesn't know how to, how to react. So I, I think he's, he's been told, uh, not officially, obviously, but I think he's been told and he knows he's done. And Swanky is 100% right. The entire organization needs a restructure. This is the year where this organization says, okay, we've been doing it all wrong, and we have to now look at the very, very top and do things differently. And, you know, and, and so what worries me is that Ryan Pace is still going to have some sort of authority. Now, I, I will offer this caveat to Ryan Pace. He was hired when he was, what, 37 years old, and that is a very young age for a general manager. He's only 44, and so he has done some good things, and so perhaps keeping him, there is a chance that he could progress to be an acceptable or even really good GM, but my confidence level in that is very, very low. What if he goes out and makes the, the perfect hire? Well, that makes the perfect hire. And this this team is 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 you know competing for the playoffs year in year out, competing for the NFC North title a year in year out. Then are you gonna change and say, yeah, the Bears made a right move by keeping Ryan Pace? Then that would be great. I just wonder if that perfect hire isn't going to see behind the ruse that is Ryan Pace and there will be internal fighting. Listen, I was never a big fan of John Fox, but the reality of the situation was is that those two guys went to battle and John Fox lost. And it was very cowardly of Ryan Pace to draft Mitchell Trubisky and not tell his head coach until five minutes before they made the decision, official decision, that they were picking Trubisky over Fox's preferred quarterback, Deshaun Watson. And, if, think that, and if that's the way that Ryan Pace typically does business, which is why they've been heralding collaboration, collaboration, we don't have those in, internal fights anymore and disagreements. We collaborate now. But if that's an indication of how Ryan Pace has done business in the past, he probably will do it again. Well, see, that's the thing is John Fox wanted Mike Glennon and him and his offensive coordinator, Dow Loggins, wanted Mike Glennon, the veteran. And then 
Ryan Pace went and got his quarterback, which was Mitchell Trubisky, which was a bust. Same thing here. Right. Didn't work out. Right. So here, Matt Nagy wanted Dalton slash Foles. He went and got him his quarterback. Well, he went and got his quarterback of the future, Justin Fields. He does the the collaboration thing. I think it's not a ruse. I think it actually does. That's what he does at at House Hall. He sits and listens to everybody and then he collaborates and then he gives his, his, his coach the veteran he wants and then he goes and gets that young guy. That's how I see it from the outsiders look, looking in. I might be wearing Ryan Pace color glasses. I'm not sure. But I'm just saying I, I think this guy has done a solid job in terms of putting talent on the roster. Has he been perfect? By far, no, he's not been perfect. And and if they fire him tomorrow, I'm not going to sit here and defend him and say, oh, oh he deserved to you know keep his job. You know, he's had made mistakes, you know, huge mistakes that that you know warrant a firing. I just I just don't think he's the the overall problem. I think if, like I said, there was enough talent on this team with the right coaching staff, they could have made the playoffs this year. Isn't that a hindrance, though, to say, I'm going to collaborate? I'll give you your quarterback and I'll get mine. Like, I just feel like that's that I, I don't, I, that's, is, is that more collaboration or is that just giving in? Because I, just, I think that the, the, you have to take a stand at some point and say, that's, I don't want this guy. I'm the general manager. I don't think that's a good fit. I don't think $45 million for Mike Glennon is, is a good is a good plan. I think this is the guy we should draft, and this is the direction we should be going. Because if, you're, if your job is roster construction, you're responsible for that team this year, next year, and the year after that, whereas the head coach is coaching for his life literally every year. He wants to try to stack as many wins as he can every single year because he might not have a next year, whereas GMs are sometimes given a little bit more of a leash to put their plan together. So if the head coach says, I need this guy because he's thinking i need to get to nine wins i need to get to 10 wins and the gm saying we gotta play the long game with this because we're not in a position to win right now doesn't the gm have to stand up and say listen i'm not giving you this guy for 10 million dollars on one year because it's wasting money out of our cap i'm not doing it but the key is he's getting that bridge quarterback for the young guy so he's getting the veteran the coach wants a veteran brings in the veteran for one year that bridge quarterback if you will and then he brings in his young guy he had one this year he had a bridge quarterback in Foles, and he went out and got another one. Again, that's that's that, I put that on Matt Nagy and his coaching staff, not on Ryan Pace. But I don't think you needed two bridge quarterbacks for Justin Fields because you didn't end up using the, either one of them. But I think Matt, Nick Foles and Matt Nagy had a falling out last year because of the offense and because of the, some of the comments that Nick Foles made to the media that Matt Nagy said, I want to work with Andy Dalton. That's just me. Kind of, again, that's an ego just thing. Guessing. That's an ego thing because I don't want to. I don't want to be his coach because he said mean things about me. It, and then he should have been shown the door a long time ago. Because guess what? We've been saying mean things about him for four years. So he, I agree with so you there. He, I agree with you there. He should have been shown uh, the door last year, in my opinion. But I think the most frustrating thing for Bears fans is we're saying the same things we were saying at the end of last year. The only difference is we have Justin Fields to look forward to. But at the end of the year last year, we're saying if they bring these guys back. We're going to be having the same conversations we're having at the end of 2020 and in 2021. And guess what? For the most part, we are. We are. We're having the same conversations we had at the end of last year, except for we have a promising prospect at quarterback. But other yeah. than that, it's the exact same conversations we had last year. Yeah, but the only thing now, last year, the McCaskies and, and Phillips had a, had a leeway because they made the playoffs. Yeah, they snuck in and, you know, kind of tail in there. They made the playoffs. There was a playoff game. They didn't have a losing record. So they, they, could, they had a reason to go ahead and, and kind of, you know, continue on it. But I bet you if, the, if, the, if Matt Nagy and them had made the playoffs this year, no way he was going to lose his job at the end of this year either. So I think that that's – but the fact now that they didn't make the playoffs and had that big, that big mess of a press conference last year, that now they have no choice but to get rid of Matt Nagy. Just once, though, I w- I'm sorry, Aldo, I'll say this. I'll turn it over to you. The, the, the last, the only thing I want this 
organization to do is actually set goals. Because last year we heard about we got to there was like this. I don't know if it was supposed to be like an iron fisted kind of thing, but it was like, we need to see progress. Well, that's a very open-ended thing to say. That's a very subjective term. What does progress really mean? Does progress mean making the playoffs? Does it mean making winning the division? Does it mean making it the NFC championship game? Does it mean a Super Bowl? Does it mean drafting a new quarterback? What what the hell does progress actually mean? I want someone to come in and say, we have to win the division in two years. At least Lovey Smith came in and said, I'm here to beat Green Bay. At least that was something you could put on a piece of paper and say, we have to attain this goal. The problem is nobody in this organization sets a goal. No one holds anybody accountable. And it's just like, well, we'll figure out whether or not this was a uh, successful season at the end of the season. We'll figure that out afterwards. No, set a goal. Set an actual tangible goal for, for a team and a franchise. And if you don't meet it, then this season is a failure. Don't decide whether or not you had a good season after the season. We can't keep just playing this subjective bullcrap game that we've been playing for almost 40 years. There has to be someone holding everyone accountable to say, you know what, Ted, you're not doing a very good job. You know what, George, things haven't been going very well since you stepped in here. You know, you know what, Ryan, seven years. I don't care how many draft picks you hit. You haven't won a playoff game in the better part of a decade. Hey, all these head coaches, why are you being so stubborn in the way you're doing it? And why are we giving you an extra year when we don't think you're going to be able to adjust? I just, for once, I want there to be a finish line that we can cross rather than deciding what the finish line is after we run the race. And that's why I think Aldo, the way he, we, we talk about on, on Bear Truth, the way he come up with this, with this um, architect or, or team structure, if you will, where we have one football operations guy, right? And someone from the outside come in. Now, Ryan Pace, report if you keep him, reports to him directly, and the new coach reports directly. So kind of like I think Aldo said the Packers have something similar set up with, with Mark Murphy and, and all those guys there. So mm -hmm. you know, that way you have one guy at the top of your, your football chain there, and he's the one who makes all the decisions. So you don't have to talk to Dead Phillips. You don't have to worry about George McCaskey. He's a guy who fires and fires people. Uh, and I think that if that would happen today or, or tomorrow or this week or whatnot, they bring in a, a football operations guy. He's the top of the chain. Ryan Pacer reports directly to him. And now they go and they hire a new head coach who reports directly to the football operations guy. I think that would work, John. I think that would kind of answer some of your – because now that, that top guy, that top chief there – Tell, hey, we are out here to win the division, Super Bowl, blah, 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 all this stuff. And if that doesn't happen, he's got to then report to say why it didn't happen. And if he's got to fire somebody, he can fire them individually. I, I'm 100%, and I'll say this real quick. I agree with you. There needs to be more football minds. I understand that the Bears can screw up any hire at any time. I get that. But I feel like there needs to be more football minds in that organization to actually make football decisions rather than having one guy whose main goal might be making money and then also – puts together some roster construction in the meantime there needs to be someone 100 committed to the football operations overseeing all that to put a good product on the field yep um i was giving some thought to how this press conference with bears management uh should go and you know i i don't think it's a for sure thing it's going to happen tomorrow morning knowing the chicago bears this could be a tuesday or wednesday happening but um if it does happen whenever it happens I would love for somebody in the media to start this way when addressing, because it'll probably be George McCassie and Ted Phillips first. Um, could you guys please do us the courtesy and the fans of the Chicago Bears the courtesy of giving us authentic responses to our questions? Last year's press conference has been widely 
evaluate it as being a fiasco for you two gentlemen up there. You did not answer questions. You did not satiate the anger that has been growing among Chicago Bears fans. You did everything wrong. And so as a reporter who is representing, sharing information that you deliver to Chicago Bears fans, we would appreciate it if you first and foremost gave us the most honest answers you can. And that is going to be a lot of the questions that we're going to ask is about the evaluation that you have and how you've gone about evaluating the general manager and the coach and in and, and, and George McCaskey's place, the, evaluating the team president's role and tell us exactly why. Give us concrete reasons why you'd like these their, their performance or why you dislike their performance or what you think you haven't made a decision on yet in terms of their performance. And then for Ryan Pace, some of my questions have to deal with, I, I would say, you know, a lot of people in the Chicago in the Chicago media have started to characterize your performance as the general manager as cowardly because you will not address the media during the season and only choose to do so two or three times during the season. And two of those times before the draft and before the combine, you're, you're not offering any concrete evaluations on things. You're telling us because of competitive advantage, I, 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 because of competitive reasons, I can't answer those questions. So you are basically never giving us any honest answers. You're never doing that. And so I want to know from you, if you are going to remain in this organization, are you going to do anything to change the cowardly actions that you've been accused of and address the media, talk to the fans, uh, answer questions as truthfully as you can, give us honest evaluations. Can you do that? And can you answer this question? Why did you bring Andy uh, Dalton to be the uh, Bears quarterback when you had Nick Foles and, and you spent all this money on quarterbacks like Mike Glennon and so forth that were complete failures? Why did you bring back Jimmy Graham when you had Jesper Horstead, a, a up-and-coming tight end that you should have played uh, more downs, uh, on more snaps on this field? And, and, and why, uh, why was Leonard Floyd released? This was one of your major first-round draft pick acquisitions. He's now playing for the Rams and has been given a new contract because of his performance. What happened with Leonard Floyd? I've got a 100 questions for Ryan Pace that he needs to answer, and the Chicago yeah. media hopefully will pose those questions to Ryan Pace and George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. He won't, though, Aldo, because this this team, this organization, it's ingrained in them to act like they're guarding the nuclear codes. They always they always act like they're guarding this, you know, whatever this uh, this holy grail of information because it's clearly been working out for them for the past couple of decades. They're clearly been so successful they don't want anyone stealing their secrets, uh, which is laughable. But the idea is, don't if you answer the if you answer the question directly, you're going to see how inept we are. So I like I like I've been saying, you might as well keep your mouth shut and everyone assume you're the problem, then open your mouth and prove them right. So they're just they're just you're just going like I if I like if I answer your if I answer your question, you're gonna see that I'm bad at my job. If I directly answer your question, I'm gonna show my hand that we screwed up. Instead, 
We're going to get the same thing we got last year and talk about how awesome the culture is in Chicago, how everyone wants that culture. And besides the quarterback, we've done everything we're right. You know, so you're going to get you're going to you're going to get the same lip service of how awesome the Chicago Bears are, how great the organization is, how you're going to you're going to get the a laundry list of everything they've done right. And then they're going to promise to get it right. Then they're going to promise to fix the things they've done wrong. But they're not going to tell you how, and they're not going to actually admit to what they did wrong. They're just going to—they're just going to throw out this general blanket statement: "We're going to fix it." What's it? Oh, well, you—you you guys know. No, no. Tell us what it is and how you're going to fix it. You're never going to get that out of this organization. Danny, uh, John knows the secret to having a successful <laughs> marriage. <laughs> Don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I like that. Yeah, of course you agree on that, babe. Yeah, of course yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but although, first of all, if if any member of the media actually asked those questions, they'd get a glare from the, from the the PR guy, and then oh, they sure. they get threatened that they're gonna have their their press credentials taken away. Second of all, I think Aldo should apply for press credentials and go up there and ask those damn questions himself. <laughs> okay, uh, that's the thing. And then the, the third thing is again, this just kind of just cries again for a, a head of football operations, a VP of football operations guy that can, that can sit up there and be transparent. He's not the one trying to draft these players. He's not the one going on making these trades. That, that's his GM. You know, so he can sit out there. He can be forthright to, to an extent, right? Give you honest, honest answers to, to your questions and say, hey, you know what, guys, you're right. We have not been successful here because A, B, C, and D. You know, this is how, and this is how we're going to go ahead and, and give us somewhat of a, of a layout in terms of, I'm not giving us, you know, you know, bullet point of what they're going to do exactly in the offseason, but give us something in a, a terms of an overview. Say, all right, we got to clean this up. We got to clean this up. We got to clean this up. And this is how we envision this, this, you know, this organization moving forward here and contending for division titles and then contending for, you know, for the NFC Championship and eventually contending for a Super Bowl. That's what we need. A, a, this is, just cries out for someone, a football guy, not a guy that's been an executive somewhere or whatnot. An actual football guy to sit up top, top of that that chain there and just answer all these questions to the media and kind of be a shield for Ryan Pace. So guys, we we know he's not comfortable in front of the media. You could tell he's not comfortable answering questions from the media. Matt Nagy, hymns and haws, and he's a good guy and he, t- he talks around the questions all the time. Another guy's not comfortable in front of the media as well. So we need someone, a football guy that is confident, that has an idea of what's going on, has an idea how to build an organization, how to answer those tough questions and and be honest and be open, but not giving away all the details and all the, like you said, John, the, 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 you know, the, the secret codes or anything like that, but just give us something like, like, like you give us an idea, like, you know, reassure the fan base that you know what you're doing as an organization. And right now, unfortunately, we don't get that. Oh man. I think, um, I, I, I wish I could just go to sleep right now and wake up to my, my phone going off like crazy saying, man, Nagy has been fired. He's quick on the air. <laughs> Because I, I'm just going to spend the sleepless night tonight, you know, wondering, are the Bears somehow going to screw this up and they're going to find a position for Matt Nagy in the organization? Matt Nagy, your new quarterback coach. It would be so Bears to just try to think they're the smartest team in the room and be like, what we actually need to do is move him over to here. And then we slide <laughs> Ryan Pace over to here. Actually, Dowell Loggins, let's see what he's doing. He's up to. Let's just bring him back. So <laughs> I, right. uh, I, I don't have a whole lot, like like I said, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Chicago Bears. But I have hope, uh, and I believe Tyler Ellis said this a couple weeks ago, I hope that 
we're gonna luck out eventually. We're we're, we're gonna just fall into something eventually. <laughs> the Bulls, gonna, right? I mean, John's right. the Bulls gear tonight. Look, look at the Bulls. I talk oh, about yeah. a total uh, reconstruction the of the organization. Just, just you know, a, a whole new you know management crew, the whole new build up, and everything like that. And but how did they do it, Danny? They cleaned house. They cleaned yeah, house. Okay. <laughs> they cleaned, but but they but they Michael Ryan's it took Michael Ryan's of taking over and going out and and talking to. Other people in the NBA and, and gaining the name of Arturis, you know, Conor to come in and being the, the vice president of football operations, and then hiring the general manager, and then hiring the coach, and so on and so forth. But you know, that's the thing: is who who's going to go out? Are you, do you have confidence in George McCaskey or Ted Phillips going and talking to these people? Now, rumors are George is doing his due diligence, right? He's talking, and, and whether it's Tony Dungy or some other names that have been thrown out there, maybe he goes out there, maybe he brings in a, a VP of football operations, and maybe that. That person can then monitor Ryan Pace for a year as a GM, and then he goes and hires a head coach. Maybe that that would be something that would shock me and probably actually please me at the same time because now you, you still have Ryan Pace there, you know, uh, drafting the talent, uh, uh, and then if you have a guy on top of him there, a football guy on top of him, watching him and monitoring him, making sure if there's any missteps that Ryan Pace is held, held, held accountable for that. And the same thing with the head coach as well, the future head coach. Guys, I think we uh, have exhausted everything we can talk about for now, um, but we will be back here as soon as news leaks out uh, or is official about Matt Nagy's fate and maybe Ryan Pace. Uh, we will definitely be on immediately after the press conference. Greg Gabriel and I are scheduled to do a show tomorrow. The start time will depend on any news that's coming out of Hallis Hall. Uh, but rest assured, we've got tons of coverage, Chicago Bears coverage this week. And, John, why don't you tell people about the Wednesday extravaganza we've got planned? Yeah, yeah. season finale of Buffon 55. We're just we're bringing everybody in. This is a big tent event. We're, we're bringing in Tyler Ellis from DeBear Debate. We're going to have a segment where we go back and forth. Uh, Danny and Neil from Draft on Tap, you guys are going to go over some of the prospects. The Bears don't have a first-round pick, but they need a lot of help. We'll see what they could be zeroing in on come draft time, what they can do, what they could – maybe they could trade down, trade up. Who, who knows, depending on who the general manager is. So we're going to break all of that down. Obviously, the uh, – the, uh, B55 segment. I got five rants for you. Aldo and Alyssa Barbieri will be on there. We'll go, we'll just have a therapy session about everything. Nasli Briones, who does the uh De Bears Previa, the all Spanish speaking preview that we have here on the Barroom Network. She's gonna be on to talk about uh Bears fans on an international uh from an international standpoint. Uh, it's just overall gonna be a, a great uh, show, a great way to put a exclamation point on this season uh we've had a great season of buffoon 55 so it'll be nice just to bring everybody onto one show and just have one big blowout there you go and then uh danny uh neil stopchinski and i had a brief meeting to talk about draft on tap for this upcoming season we've got some ideas on how we're going to do that differently danny you want to talk about that at all yeah excited uh for another season of draft on tap guys season's over it's draft season now so uh so yeah, I think January 26th will be our first show. That's what we have kind of penciled in the books right now where we're going to go through and Neil and I and, and Aldo, we're going to review in terms of the Bears, uh, you know, last draft class, some of the some of the players from the from the previous draft class overall in the NFL. And then we're going to start previewing uh, the the Senior Bowl and, and the East-West Shrine game. And from then on, we're going to start talking about p position-specific players that, that Neil and I feel that that could come into the, you know, into the organization here on, on the Bears and, and help them um, get better as the future goes on. So, I mean, right away, I'm, I'm looking for offensive linemen. I'm looking for cornerbacks. I'm looking for wide receivers. Those are my top three players on, on, on my list in terms of position groups that I'm going to be scouting right away here for the Bears. 
And I just want to say I want to thank uh, John Buffon and Tyler Ellis. Uh, this is the season finale of Bear Football, unless something weird happens and we, you know, because of COVID, we're pushed into the playoffs next week. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> but it's uh, it's been a blast uh, talking after these games, despite the disappointing season. But doing it with Tyler and John has been a blast, and nobody, nobody displays. Uh, passion for the Chicago Bears like John Buffon. Just watching his veins pop out of his neck every week has been a joy. And uh, we got a lot more John Buffon and Danny Shimon and everybody else uh, coming up during the offseason. We'll have plenty of Bears coverage. Any last final word before I hit the final theme song, guys? It's been real. Appreciate everyone <laughs> listening or watching. Uh, it's it, it's incredible that people would still come and listen to us and watch us after this season it's just, it's just like the after these games it's incredible it's therapy, that you still man. want to talk about the bears so i it's appreciate therapy. whether it's your yeah it whether really it's is. your first time or 500th time uh thank you so much for tuning in that's right and remember the doctor's office here at the bar room is always open <laughs> that's a big couch office. big couch <laughs> a real big couch all right goodbye everybody <laughs>